Thanks for joining with us today on our Potter's Hope podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and gives you strength to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message. So we're in the Gospel of John. I know many of y'all have the Bible app on your phone. Please feel free uh, to use that also to take notes, of course. Get a little teachy tonight, and I think it'll be something that uh, you'll be able truly to mark where you're at in your walk with Christ. That's my hope. So the Word of God says in John chapter 1 and verse 35, again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, What seek you? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, are being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? Look what Jesus said. In verse 39, Jesus said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first finds his own brother Simon and says unto him, We have found the Messiah who is being interpreted the Christ, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Pray with me. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for the power of your word tonight, the proof of your word. God, that over centuries of time, men have tried to discredit, burn, God, the pages of it. God, even uh, folks, God, lawyers of even a high degree, God, uh, hundreds of years ago and even up to today have tried to discredit and disprove, God, your word. But it has stood and it will continue to stand the test of time. So, God, tonight we stand upon your word. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would lead me and guide me as we bring forth this word. Holy Ghost, you know without you we're all sunk. So, Lord, tonight just let our ears be open not just to hear, but to understand. We love you, Jesus. Have your way. Amen and amen. Before you sit down, turn to somebody and say, have you found what you're looking for? Have you found what you're looking for? If you have ever lost your keys, your wallet, or the remote control, you know the unrest that that brings in you. You, you know what that does because you feel like, man, something's missing. If we could only take the quotient that we would find in those things that we miss, if we could simply pray that upon people that don't have Jesus, if we could get them to the place like, hey, I lost my phone, or like that I need to find him, if we could pray that kind of spirit on them, I believe it wouldn't take long for the whole world to be saved. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about progressive Christianity. I want to talk to you about progressive Christianity. The word progressive is one that you've heard a lot in our culture. And I could start by saying this, by saying, man, look how far we've come. Look at the innovation. Look at all of the different technology. And we could look and say, man, look how far that we have come. And we could start within the past century. We could go break it down to the past 20, even 10 years. And then even look how far that we've come in six months. Would you ever have thought six months ago that our nation and that you 
And basically, the most of us would be going through maybe some of the things. If you could pull this mic down a little bit, it would be great. Uh, that we would be going through the things in our mind and even in our heart. And when you say, look how far we've come, you see, the real part of this is that we can say that, but in which direction? You know, many times we want to use that as a positive type uh, term that look how far we've come. Man, we have advanced. We've got indoor plumbing. We've got, we've got this. We've got that, which is all great and everything. But, Josh, when we begin to look at that, we say, look how far we've come. But in what direction? How many of you have ever missed the turn and drove way out of the way before you remembered? And you look how far we've come. What do you have to do when you go the wrong? you got to go back. You see, if there's one thing to do, and I know everybody talks about a new normal, can I tell you this? America needs to go back to the foundation of Jesus Christ and of the Word of God. Look how far that we've come. And here's the thing. The reason I want to use that term progressive, that you're hearing the word progressive now, and there's a whole mindset within the culture, within liberal thought and theology, that listen, we've got the answer. And we spend more time thinking about ways to save the planet than saving the people on the planet. And can I tell you that the problem is not global warming. The issue is global lukewarming. Never before in the history of mankind do I know of anything. There's been things that affect regions, hurricanes, tornadoes. But we are dealing with something right now that is affecting the whole world. So they say. If every bit of this is God's tenant to corral all of the people to, to get them to a place, can I tell you, I will preach to you and, and, and men of God and women of God will speak to you in such a way that if fear is what motivates you, then let's pray that the fear of God would be instilled within people in order for them to be saved and not be lost. So when we talk about progressive, how far have we gone just in the past six months? That listen, that even one congress lady, that even one person within some type of delegation, that they begin to speak it, and here's what happens. You've got to understand that within culture, if you speak a lie long enough, people will begin to believe the lie. Can I get a witness? I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about the very fact to where people that call themselves Christians and they still believe in murdering babies. And they still believe this and, and the things that incite violence. I've got to get to my message. It's just hard. Yeah, I'll get to my message. But progressive. So look how far we've come. I'll guarantee you within my mindset six months ago, I never thought or could have even imagined that America right now would be on such a shaky foundation as a country. Never before have I, would I have even dreamed that law and order would be in such jeopardy and that mouths would be speaking of defunding the police that are there to protect and serve. Can I tell you something? I believe all lives matter, and I still back the blue, the righteous blue, and those people that are put in place. Because I'll tell you, I'm going I'm to tell you again, this is not about skin color. This is about the disease of sin, chaos, confusion, and an end-time narrative that I can show you in the Word of God 
that the spirit of lawlessness that we are seeing now come into not, listen, not just every house, but every home and now every heart. Why? Because we've already seen today that, listen, the narrative of Satan and the enemy is this. To bring one world order, i got to stay on task, pray for me. One world order together, how am I going to do that? You're already in it and you just don't realize it. Because right now you've already seen how easy you can be controlled. So, when you pastor, whether you like him or not, you pastor when he says... Let's raise up one father that'll raise up one son that'll raise up one family and believe in the Judeo-Christian values to every home and to every life and that God will raise up Christian people. We have to gain this generation or America as you and I know it are lost. It's over. It's finished. Look how far we've come. Verbatim. I've got a checklist, Travis. I've already went down my checklist, man. I don't know what there is yet for him to do. Can I tell you something? You better be listening because a trumpet's getting ready to sound and God's people getting ready to go home. So do we pray for it to come, Lord Jesus? No. Can I tell you something? How many of y'all got some lost people that need to get in? Amen then listen, if we're going to pray, let's pray. When the Word of God says, let that one that will let, will let. Many people believe when we talk about the son of lawlessness or the son of perdition when it comes. Listen, I believe that the church right now, the bride of Christ, has to be interceding God one more. Let us reach one more, Eric Cuff. Let us reach one more, God, before that trumpet sound. Let it be Kathy's family. Let it be my family. Let it be your family. Let it be anybody's family. Let it be a black life, a white life. Can I tell you, no, sin-filled life. Let it be any life that will call on the name of the Lord and be saved. God, give us one more. Turn to somebody and say, you matter. And you got to figure out where you're at in the game. Listen, big letters, please. Big letters. The first, the first word I gave you, big letters. Progressive. I'm going to show you something about progressive Christianity. Seekers. Seekers, this is going to be, it has its narrative. The the thing, seekers, that you see the way Jesus begins to interact, and this is something that you and I have to do, whether it's at the gas pump or whether it's wherever that it is. We've got to understand, and I'm going to ask you this, and I want you to pose it as coming a Bible study, this thought. What brought you to him? Can I tell you, most of the time, it, some of the, there, there's several things, but, but, but Jim, in part of this, part of it is curiosity. What happened to you? Part of it can be that when, when Jesus uses these words, Stephen, that, that when he says this, that when they're looking, he says that come and see. The first level of progressive Christianity, it begins to spark your curiosity. Now understand, they've been under, they've been under tutoring and they've been disciples of John. They know that the Messiah is coming. They understand that. 400 years of silence. Listen, and now John's coming on the scene and he's preaching it hot. He's doing all these things, but what he does, because they are John's disciples, John is preparing people to bring them unto repentance. John, remember, was full of the Holy Ghost in Elizabeth's womb. Right? Remember? Okay. 
seekers. So you got to think about that. And I'm going to ask you this question. What brought you to Him? Many people, it's not just curiosity. It's not just that. For many people, I need help. I need hope. And can I reassure you of something? Jesus is a very present help in time of trouble. That He's hope when you feel hopeless. And see, the world right now, how many people do you think tonight are sitting around a supper table that are sitting around their mamas and daddies and listen, children that are sitting, what are we going to do? Can I tell you, we have the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. And that's the reason we have to get Him into every home. People are looking for something in the church. For the most part, is deader than a sack of hammer. What are we going to do? We have never had such an opportunity. You heard me talk, or you heard me preach Sunday, and I was talking about, I think it was Sunday, talking about the greatest generation, talking about that World War II generation last Sunday or the Sunday before. Can I tell you something? They were, but I like to be part of the greatest generation up to date and say in Jesus' name, this. We are at war whether you want to believe it or not. And even as I preach this, I understand that there would like to be people that would like to censor it. We are at war with evil. We are at war with lies from the enemy. And only one thing defeats a lie. And it is the truth. According to Romans chapter 1, we're dealing with the very thing that Romans chapter 1 forecasted. In the midst of all of this, what are you looking for? Do you notice what Jesus said? Where are you going? They said, where are you going? And they, he says, come and see. And Jesus takes them home. Well, you all know as well as I do. Actually, you preached it four or five weeks ago. The thing is, the Son of Man has no the birds. The birds have nests. The foxes have holes. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus didn't come here to build a house. You know why? Because he wanted to build a home in your heart. That's where he came to establish his home, is in you. So when we talk about progressive Christianity, whatever it is that sparks you, you and I have to understand that when we meet people on the street, whether they admit it or not, Amy's got this very dear friend, and I've been praying, and I won't name who it is, but you know, she's saying she's, she's become this. And How many, people, how many of y'all got some people in your, in your life right now, they just ill? How many of y'all been praying to get saved? It's your prayer that's causing the problem. (laughs) And I have to remind myself that when I see that attitude and when I see those things, I have to just keep on praying and say, Lord Jesus, it's working. Just keep doing what you're doing. Get them to a place where they're so discontent with their self and with everything around them that the only thing that they can call on and the only thing that they can stand on is you. Seekers. Now, some of you tonight, I don't know, it's a Wednesday night crowd. I could speak it. Maybe somebody out, maybe somebody watching. You're looking, you're curious. That's where it starts, Amy, is you're curious. The Word of God said, then Jesus turned, and when he saw them, he said, and then what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Are you looking for something to do you today, or are you looking for something that, listen, that will take care of you? Listen, not physically, not emotionally. But you need something that's going to take care of you eternally. 
Listen, in the world that when rich parents or rich grandparents, they set up trust funds. Can I tell you something? In the kingdom of God, we've got a trust fund set up. And you have to trust Him in everything that's going on. You've got to trust Him. Seekers. But in progressive Christianity, there will be a lot of people that will seek Him. That will find him, but will not follow him. So wait a minute. You mean that if I seek him and I find him? No. Listen, can I tell you? We found Jesus. Wasn't enough. See, here's what we don't realize, Stephanie. The, the, real, the, the real part of this is that we think this just happened day after day, and it is going to correspond here in, in John 2 where I'm going next. But can I tell you, this interaction that Jesus had with him, most people would agree, this was months You've got to understand that the day that you got saved and the day that you were a seeker, it just began that day. The relationship just began that day. Amy, are you and I closer than when we had our first date? Although, yes or no? Yes. We have a relationship. It's always been great. She better be glad me and her signed a contract. We didn't sign a contract. We believed in a covenant. And when we could no longer go on in ourselves, I want to thank God tonight that when we were done, he wasn't. Can I get a witness in the house? Amen. But seekers, now look, we're going progressive, so go ahead, look, we're progressive. So there's a lot of people seeking. You've got to understand, we've had thousands. Luke, you would agree. You've been here almost since the inception here that We've had thousands of people that have come through these doors. Man, I got it. Gone. Gone. I don't get wore out. Pastor, where's so-and-so? And I really, I just, sometimes it just crawls up. I don't know. Did you get their number? It's important. If you see somebody in church, if you see somebody online tonight that you don't know, go ahead and introduce yourself. I keep that with female to female, male to male. When I'm saying that, I want to speak that in the right. Okay. Within that, but why? Because seekers are just looking. But the next one, John chapter 2, the Word of God says, and the third day, was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples. Say disciples. His disciples to the marriage. Hmm. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. You all know the story here. Woman, what have I had to do with thee? All of this stuff. We know that the best is yet to come. We've read this. But I want you to look at the next word that is used is disciple. Can you put that up in big letters, please? We go from seeking to disciples. The word disciple is the word mathetes, which means learner. It means pupil. So when you think about this, Stephen, if you would see, here's, here's what it is. Jesus is doing this. Stay right there. And this is the Holy Spirit that you'll feel when people, when he says, come and see, there's a drawing. That's the way this is. But. You can be seated. But when you start being a disciple, you sit down. You're ready to learn. Tell me more. And when you do that, notice that the more leads into a miracle. 
At first they seen the Messiah, now they're seeing a miracle. He's the one we've been looking for, <laughs> says the dating site today. Let me move on. Now you see it move into the point of now you're ready to learn. Matthias. So now we're talking about progressive, Nancy. Now we're talking about like you all tonight, you just glued it. See, the thing is now I want to know more about it. How many of you want to know more about it? Man. Brother David, I want to know what makes him tick. So I won't get ticked off. I want to know. Lord, how did you love them like that? And every time I say something like Holy Spirit says, you really want to know? You better look out when you start saying, Jesus, I want to love like you love. You better look out, Jack. Woo! Amen, Marianne, you're getting ready to go on a ride. But now we're going from being a seeker. Now I want to know more. So see the progression? This is all just a, a quick layout of, of more study we're going to be doing on Wednesday nights in the future. We'll have about four chairs soon. And so when we look at that, I'm going now from a seeker. I'm looking. understand where you're at in church. But now these are the people that say, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to go see what's up. I'm going to see what's up. Did you, did you know he turned that water into wine? Did y'all see the Lord heal that girl's ear? Did y'all see? How many of y'all know that kind of Jesus? Did you hear they got that report back and they wouldn't know sign of Did you all know that that? See, but the thing is, a seeker never gets to that place. But when you say, I'm going to follow you, then you start learning of his ways. I know Amy's ways. <laughs> I know her looks. I can tell you without her opening her mouth what that look means. I can tell you by the look of an eye that by the look of the eye that means really. <laughs> I can tell you. I'm learning. And I'm in trouble. Let me move on. So anyway, when you look at that, the thing is, is that when you begin to walk with him, but see few people, we just, they're just seeking but when you say, now, I want to be a disciple. I want to learn. I want to learn. Things begin to shift. Now, we're beginning to progress we're, or, or, or to have progress. We're, we're beginning to see these things. And it begins to move within our life. And a lot of people say, that's awesome. I'm a disciple. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm a learner. Nope. Let's go to uh, John chapter 13. Thank you. John chapter 13. I told Amy, I'm going to get y'all out. Yeah. I'm going to stay on task. I'm going to stay on task. John chapter 13, 13, verse 14. Very familiar. I want you to realize or, or want you to see tonight. Of course, they've just had the Last Supper. Jesus has now, he's already wrapped the towel around his body. He's washed their feet, or he's washing their feet. You all know the story here. I'll pick up in 14. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. Uh-oh. Now, wait a minute. I'm all right with being a seeker. I'm all right with being a learner. 
You mean I'm going to have to start washing? It's where a lot of people never get back on the bus. This is where a lot of Christianity stops. For I've given you an example. You got that word servants. Can you put the word servant up there real big for me? I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. How many of y'all believe that is the word of God? Verily, verily, I say unto you that the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. The third part of this, man, is where it gets tough. Being a servant. Being a servant. This is where you lay down title. This is where you begin to understand the call. And I will tell you, Denise, I think you would agree that this is one of the hardest steps. And you've heard me say this many times before. This is one of the hardest steps for a Christian. I'm all right with seeking. I'm all right even with learning. But now you're telling me to serve. And when you begin to serve, look at the Son of God, the very one. They don't understand it yet. They can't grasp it. They're all going to desert Him, just like we can't grasp it either. But this is the one that, listen, that was part of putting every star in place, billions of stars in place. This is the one that breathed and caused a wind to hold back the water to where a million, where a million people could come out of Egypt and cross the Red Sea. This is the one bowing at their feet that shut lions' mouths. And we say, I ain't doing that. You want me to do what? No, you don't understand. I, I will not wash their feet because if you knew how much I hated them and how, and how mad I am at them right now, husbands and wives, You ever been part of a funeral that went wrong? I have. I've had to call down peace in the middle of a funeral. In Jesus' name. You know why? People get, and nobody here, people worried more about money and worried about this or that and anger and everything else. Well, they're taking this and they're taking that and they're taking this. Let them have all the flowers if you've got the memory of mama and you know where mama's at. Can I get a witness in this house? Do you understand what I'm talking about? People hating on no reason. I better move on. <laughs> Make y'all mad. But now I've got to be a servant. That's where you start growing. How many people, how many, and it's simple. You, you've been part, many of you have probably been part of a foot washing in a communion service. Always tell them, make sure you do communion first, you know. But, but in the midst of that, you've been part of that. And, and the real part, how many of you could really wash the feet of somebody that you knew was going to lie, somebody that was going to desert you, somebody that you called a friend? How many of you would truly say, no, I'm going to... You wouldn't. How many of us, if we... Did he know? I know he was man, but he was God too. See, I get that. That's one thing, man. They, they people all over the place on that thought. But he still did it. He still did it. I know you may not come back, but I'm going to love you while you're here. Do you understand? 
that's when you begin to move in because Jesus, not just Savior, but servant. When we're talking about progressive Christianity, Jake, we're talking about, and that's the reason that when you get to that place, can I tell you that if anybody that stands behind the pulpit or is in a praise team, can I tell you, platforms are made of wood. Can I tell you something? They're, no, they're worth no more than the wood. And, 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 and listen, the nails that's put in it, can I tell you, when you are elevated, it, it better be because of the anointing. I'll tell you this. Pray for anybody that is in a position to lead today. Please. Please. And when I, I mean that, can I tell you, tonight I've been beckoning back there to those guys back in the back. And I call them and say, can you put up service? There they are, man. Can we thank God for people just like that that are servants? People that said, I'll take temperature tonight when they come in. I'll spray their hand. Can I tell you, none of us. Can I get a witness? Do you understand? What can I do? This is progressive, not I'm just coming to eat. How many people are you mm, You going to help me clean the dishes or not? I just came for the meal. Larry and Kathy had us over a few times. You don't get around Larry's dishes when it's done. I don't know if that's pride, Larry, or what, but anyway, I'm thankful for whatever it is. Let me move on. Let me move on. I want to show you something here that's real. This is the next level. Serve. Serve. Seekers. Disciples. And he goes on to say, but now I've called you servants. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and, and just get, I got some blessing to get on. Let's go to number four. Let's go to John chapter 15. One of my favorite chapters in the whole entire word of God. That and about 1,800 others. I'm going to read all of this to give it context or to read it in context or altogether. Jesus, these words are in red. He said, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman or the gardener. Every branch, you need to listen, church. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. Now we're going somewhere. This is, gonna, this is gonna, actually going to lead us into Sunday's message when we talk about productivity. Okay, we talked about paternity, we talked about posterity, and we're going to talk about productivity. What are you doing with what you've been given? Unless Jesus comes back, I think that's where we're going somewhere. The Word of God says that he takes away. That's pretty simple. And Amy, the Word of God says, in every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. If you feel like God is purging or pruning you, there's a reason for that. When you think, man, this hurts, you better thank God for that. Because was he, what he is doing, and that truly tells me you're headed in the fourth level. Now things are changing. Seeker, disciple, and now, listen, servant, and now we're going to this last one. I'll read it in a second. Most of you probably don't know. Now you are clean, you are pruned through the word which I have spoken unto you. If you're not growing, you're not reading your word. If you're not reading your word, you're not growing. Luke, how many times have I asked you? Over the course of 15, 16 years, how many times have I asked you, what's the word? To, how many times? 100. Travis, how many? Why? Because if you're in that word, you are growing. I don't understand it. Keep reading it. I still don't under, understand my wife, but I still love spending time with her. 
I'm telling you all the truth of the matter. Spend time in that word. That word will show you. How many of y'all still convicted by the word? He said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except you abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Ashes goes back to where you were too a few weeks back. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. I love this passage of scripture. This is the seventh of the I am statements. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can still do a few things. Some things. No thing. For without me, you can't love your wife. You can't love your husband. You can't love your kids. You can't, without him. I thought I always loved her. No. When you got the love of Christ, then you've got an agape love. You don't just have the philos. You don't just have the eros. Now you got an agape that says, I love you. That kind of unconditional love. The same kind that Jesus has for you. All right, I got to hurry. So a man, if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. What? Wow. So if I abide in him, whatever I ask for, I'll get. Everybody's like, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that we don't get everything we ask for? Even when we ask for it in Jesus' name. What? That's messing some of y'all theology up right now. Have you ever been, listen, you know, you thought that is exactly what you needed, boy, right now, only to find out two months from now, you think, Lord, thank you so much for not giving me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When I pray in Jesus' name, I expect it. According to his will and according to his word, I do. 100%. 100%. When I believe it, when I pray, and you all know it, man, we're all, well, listen, we pray up around here. We pray. We pray for healing. I expect healing. I ask in Jesus' name. What happens if you don't? It's, listen, it's never been an issue with me. What do you mean? God let you down. I said, nope. He knows better than I do. But it don't keep me from talking to my king. Let me move on. I ain't got time to preach all that out. So, the word of God says that, and he said, herein is my father glorified. Here is where he's glorified. That you bear much Fruit, productivity. You shall be mm, my, the word of God says, my disciples. And as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Look at verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments. And abide our commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that your joy might remain full, or that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Please go back and read those first 11 verses when you get home and read them slow. For those of you that are looking for joy, read what is previous. If you abide in him, joy will abide in you. 
and your joy can be full. Now, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. The fourth one in big letters, please. Friends. He hasn't called them that up to this point. Seekers. He knows what was in man, and that's the reason that you can see that in John 1 and 2, that even Jesus knew what was in man, and so he didn't reveal all of himself to man. Some of you are wondering, like I've done in my life too, some of you are wondering, well, Jesus, why don't you show me more? Because he knows what's in my heart. Why doesn't God reveal more of himself? Because he knows what's in us, and he knows what's in man. And when he sees commitment, look out. You're getting ready to see some things, man, that you can't grasp naturally. Because the natural mind says, I don't know how they got healed. The natural mind says, I don't know where that $500 come from. I don't know how that happened. I, I don't know how my kid come off of that and not touching that drug anymore. The natural mind says it can't happen. The kingdom mind says, I expect it. Can I get a witness in this house? This is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Look where we were last time, verse 15. He said, henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father. I've made known unto you. Powerful part of this, guys. So well, now I'm a friend of God. So that means I'm not a seeker. I don't have to be a disciple. And I definitely don't have to be a servant. Wrong. When you are a friend, you still seek him. I seek my wife's company. I love her. I. I want to learn more about her. It doesn't X out all of that, but this is progressive. And I want you to figure out tonight, where am I at in all of this? So what is it that when you, you know in Scripture, and, and I'm sure some of you, you all can correct me, and even those folks online, uh, I'll give you Larry's number, you can talk to him about it, but uh, that really one time in Scripture does it stand out to me other than this point, that when Jesus said, I'm calling you friends, no longer servants, he said, you understand? But when you look at the word of God, it takes an Abraham kind of man. It takes an Abraham kind of man. I love that song that we used to do, I am a friend of God. Do you know you've got a lot of people in your life that, call you friend but you're not a friend of them now in all reality that may hurt some of you and some of you right now are like I'll get home I'm going through my Facebook page and I'm going to ask your buddy <laughs> Amy are we friends <laughs> don't you mess us up girl I'm getting ready to bring us home come here come here come on with She's my bride. But I got to tell you something. 
more than just the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. She is my friend. She's not just any friend, not some friend. She is my best friend. And I got to ask you, am I your best friend? Please don't. Yes. Hope you didn't feel pressured or anything. I feel like I'm sending one of those third grade notes. Do you like me, yes or no? I don't know about y'all. Can I? Hey, look, hold on. That's what I was going to say. I mean, y'all ever did that little yes and no thing and it come back no? Did you send another one that said maybe? You know, did, some of y'all are like, yeah, I did that. Stay with me a minute. When something good happens to me, she's the first one I want to tell. When something rough happens to me, she's the one I want to tell. Why? Because it's a higher level, Jake. She's out to help me, not hurt me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. She's a good friend. She's a good friend. She'll tell you when you miss it. Amy, I don't ever know her. Well, it'd be all right. I don't ever remember her going, it'd be all right. (laughs) She's never been one. Amy's the type of friend that says, if that's hurting you so bad, why aren't you doing something about it? When you and the Lord get that close, when you're a friend of God, he will say to you, that's hurting you. What are you going to do about it? That's a relationship, brother. You and I will get that close if you allow it. We'll get to the point, Paul, men of God in this place. Alan, you all know. Roger, you definitely know. When you develop that type of relationship with somebody, Luke, and you say, tell me. And the love is at that kind of level that you understand that they, they have no reason to hurt you. You've got to understand God is not sitting on a throne tonight in spirit or in whatever. He is not doing that with a whip in his hand saying, I just can't wait for you to mess up so I can beat you. Correct? Absolutely. For him? For you. And for his name's sake. I don't know what the percentage would be of the Christian's Billy, that actually get to this point with God. But when you get here, I'm I'm headed in the direction. Let me just say this. In in James 2.23, and the scripture was fulfilled in saying, Abraham believed God. How many of you believe God? Do you? It's easy to say, but it's harder to walk. I don't know about y'all, but I can't tell you the time, Lord, I believe, but boy, help my unbelief. The Word of God said, and Scripture was fulfilled with, and he said, Abraham believed God. Christina, and it was imputed unto him because he believed God. It was imputed unto him for righteousness. The before circumcision, it was imputed. Why? When it says that, it means obedience. 
Because he obeyed. Why? Because he left his father. Because he left his father's house. All the way back, you can turn there. I'll be there in a minute. Genesis 11 or 12. We'll figure it out. And so in all of this right there, you can see it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Listen, Christ's love for us. Our righteousness is imputed by him and through him and in him. We have no righteousness in ourselves. I go to church. I preach. I sing. I, so what? He alone, Christ alone is our righteousness. Can I get a witness in the house and in your home? And because of that, because of faith, because of obedience, he was called a friend of God. When you get to this level, it's like, oh, now we got levels. Let me show you what happens. Now the Lord, I'm in chapter 12, Genesis 12. Now the Lord has said unto Abram, get thee out of the country. Turn to somebody and say, you've got to get out. And from, from your kindred, somebody getting ready to leave all your people. And from your father's house, be quick. And he said, even unto a land that I will show you faith. I want to know where I'm going. Faith, this is something that corresponds with every main facet of Abraham's life. And it is a grand narrative, man, to walk it out with him. I can walk it out in my mind. When Lot chose Sodom and Gomorrah, listen, when he chose that, he said, you follow me. He chose what was well watered. The next place, that when there he is, he, God's got a deep sleep on him. And God's making this covenant with him that, he, that it's on God's side, that he can't, he can't change that. That's, that's that God kind of covenant that his side is finished and done. And you go looking at it, and it's the same way with, with, with when he takes Isaac. And the Lord comes to him in Genesis chapter 22. And he says, hey, gather up your donkey and some sticks. Take your boy and your servants, which I believe one of them was Ishmael. He said, take them with you, and I'm going to tell you where to go to worship. And I'll show you when you get there. It takes faith when he says, I'll show you. Lord, where are we going? I'll show you. This is Abrahamic, Abrahamic, Hamic faith. It's friend faith. How many of you trust a friend that when they say, trust me, I'll show you, you believe them? But how many of you believe somebody that you've seen one time? How many of you believe a seeker? How many of you want the best directions from somebody still learning the directions? No, I want a friend. Somebody that will tell me and show me the right way. Let me show you the blessing that comes. Praise team, will you all come? Will you all come? And he said, I'm going to show you. And because of your obedience, the word of God says in the book of Romans, I love Romans, man. Just every bit of it. Every, well, what a work. What a, what a, what a literary work. The Word of God says, is it chapter 4 that he said that Abraham even staggered not at the promise. That when he couldn't even believe in himself, he believed in God. That is so big. Stay with me right now. I'm going to tag this out. But stay with me. Can I tell you something? How many of you right now have got some things? Lord, I don't know any way that's going to happen in me. Countless things that you've dealt with, Mike, that we've dealt with in our own life. But Lord, I trust you. If you tell me I'm going to be a hundred and I'm going to have... 
I'm going to follow. Okay. I can't see that in me, but this is the hardest thing. Listen to me, ladies. This is one of your biggest issues. The real part of that is that you really struggle with seeing the goodness of God in you when everybody else does. And it limits you. I want you to start seeing yourself as God sees you. Can I get a witness in the house? When you do that, your life will shift and change. Turn to somebody and say, I'm more than the mirror. When you get to that place and you'll stagger not at the promise, I don't see that in me, but God sees that in me. Boy, we shifting gears now, Jack. When you get to that place, men and women of God, you better look out. You're operating by faith. He staggered not at the promise of God. I love that passage of Scripture. There's some discrepancy over it when he goes on to say, I call on things that are not as though they were. Not in myself, but in him. Just because I don't see it, I believe he said it. Tagging. When you get to this level, I want you to receive this. The Lord's saying, I think to his people tonight, I'll make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and you're going to be a blessing. I'm going to bless those that bless you. And he says, I'm going to curse him that curses you. And in thee shall all of the families of the earth be blessed. What a blessing. For being a friend with God. Pastor, do you believe this nation? Yep. I'm a friend of God. Roger, do you believe he's going to change every family? No, but I yeah, I do. But he can start with mine. Because, see, if you all knew what a wreck me and Amy were, 25, 30 years ago, you'd say, there ain't no way. But then God. When you become a friend of God, things begin to shift in your life. Things begin to shift. And you know what you'll do? You'll start blessing people, not through you, but through Him. When you put your hand on people, just simply putting your hand on people. And Lisa, we start praying for them. I'll never forget. On the hills, we were on the hills of Bethlehem. And there was a radio station there. It was several years back. Kenny, I think you were with me. There was a radio station. Pastor Bob Rogers was there. And they were going to, a TV station and radio station, I think. He was actually going to be the first Christian network there in that whole region. Many of you know that, boy, just the rule there, of course, Bethlehem, just whew, Christianity has dropped probably now to 15 to 20 percent where it used to be predominantly Christian. We were standing there, Kenny, you'll remember, we were standing there and we were praying. And we were there with the owners of the TV station. I'll never forget it. And Pastor Bob said, let's all just begin to pray. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. That bunch, it went, man. You're talking about some Holy Ghost people. If you didn't want nothing to do with the Holy Ghost, you just didn't belong. 
we started praying, man. I'll never forget, boy, when started coming through there, man. And it's just like God started shaking that place. The power of God, man, beginning to hit each and every one of us. And these people that were non-believers. Power of God, I was standing right next to one of them, holding hands with one of them. I'm telling you what, the power of God, man, was, boy, it's like electricity coming through me, man. I said it was him, not me. I want you to understand something. But I'm telling you, the power of God started filling and flooding that room. And when they said something like this, this may have been, we, we looked out a window there. They said, Jesus may have been born on, on any one of these. We talked about that. We were close to the grotto anyway. And the shepherds could have wondered this here. We were talking about that. And we started praying. The power of God started falling. Remember, Kenny? We got done with praying. And I'll never forget the people, the, the two owners that were in that room in broken English said, Something to the effect, what just happened? God just happened. God just happened. Because can I tell you, when you have the power to bless, it doesn't matter whether they're Arab. It doesn't matter whether they're Muslim. Can I tell you something? We've got a God that is alive, and we can exhibit that love. and Because we are friends of God. He looked at me, and I say this with all humility. He looked at me and he said, "Really weird." And I said, "Yes, sir." And tears, of course, you all know. He said, "What was that?" I said, "That was God." He said, "I." You know what America needs? They need to feel God. They need to feel God. They need to feel God. I'm not talking about a gum slapping, lollipop licking, walking into church. I'm talking about coming expecting. For God to shake the ground that we stand on. America needs to feel God. I tell you what, I don't know about you. I know I've been called a feeler and I am. But I will tell you this, I've got faith when I don't feel. And that's the hardest time, but that's when I grow the most. It's easy when I feel, you're like, oh, man, I'm basking in him. I'm basking in him. I'll tell you what, man, there's been times that I felt God so strong. I couldn't stand. Times. I know what I'm talking about. And Potter's Hope. We need a God we can feel. Pensacola revival, you all, before you even got in, you felt it. You don't realize it because we get used to it. Had people say lately, even in the midst of all this, lately, had people say, when I got on this parking lot, I felt God. That's not some kind of magic potion or magic seed we throw in the parking lot. That's prayer. That's intercession. That's expectation. That's believing.
I seek him. I want to learn more. I'm working on being a servant. But this last one, Nancy. Am I a friend of God? Because when a good friend wants to talk to you, you talk to him. Uh-oh. Because when a good friend says, will you spend time with me? So tonight, I don't know if that's hitting y'all like it's hitting me, but tonight as I say, am I a friend of God? I'm going to go ahead and meekly say yes. Boy, I sure need to be closer on myself. How many of y'all want to bless everybody you're around? I want to bless everybody I'm around. I'm, I'm not doing it yet. I, I want to. I'm working on it. I'm done. For those of you watching online tonight, for those of you that are in the house, would you please ask yourself that question? Am I a friend of God? There's a whole lot more stuff that we could tag, and I think that'll be a message by its own self, given the, the qualities of the qualifications, Kathy, of what it takes to be, or what is it at that level to be a friend of God. Let's start with obedience. Let's start with understanding that all the righteousness is in Him. I'll ask you this tonight, and you can pray in your seat or pray at this altar because I ask this pretty often. How many of you want to be closer to him? When the world is telling you to stay six foot apart, me and Amy, the other night, I forget where we were. We, oh, I know where we were. We were, we were at somebody who was renewing their vows, and Amy was probably four or five feet away from me. We were sitting on the same pew. And I looked at her and I said, well, just stay over there. No, I didn't. I said, baby, scoot over here close. That's what I want to do with God. God, I want you sitting so close to me, ain't no room for nothing else to get in between us. Lord, we love you tonight. We praise you. And Holy Spirit, I just pray your conviction, God, upon this whole house. That God, tonight, can I say that I'm a friend of God? Boy, Abraham, our Lord, you sure set the precedent in Abraham and sure gave us all truly a, ah, just a high mark to even try to attain. But God, tonight, not just in here, but even at home, I think all of us, God, tonight could say, I, I could work on that relationship. Tonight, if you're away, I pray the Holy Spirit right now is just convicting you, seeking, learning, serving, right now, friending. I want to be closer than we've ever been, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Draw us close. Amen. And amen. This altar's open for those of you that feel moving and getting out of where you're at to move to the altar. I'm going to encourage you to do that and just come pray and just talk to Him.
He's a good friend. He's your best friend. Amen.